Hi, I'm Tess. And I'm Eric. And you're listening to the same team, y'all. And hey, are you an orange frog <laughs> or a green frog? I'm a human being, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode of Same Team, y'all. Ribbit. You know you're an apes fan when, when the two apes pull up on uh, on horses, and I know them from sight. I was like, okay, that's Blue Eyes and that's Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he'd be a really excellent Hawkeye. He's also not too bad to look at, just yeah. saying. <laughs> so she goes, it's a red panda. Oh. And stomped away. <laughs> We've got it all wrong in that... As a society, we feel like if we're successful, we'll be happy. When really, it's the other way around. If you're happy, then success follows that. Hey there, Eric. Hey, Laird Tess. How's your past uh, 14 days been? It's been okay. How's your fortnight been? Hmm. Oh, it was good. I was on vacation. I went to Delaware to see my sister. She got married and graduated from nursing school. Wow, so, that's very uh, momentous. Yeah, they did a whole pinning ceremony. Everyone got these pins, and they carry these little lamps that look like uh, genie lamps. Okay. They light them. They lit them. It was very dramatic. It was, it was very exciting. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Um, well, uh, this is the same team y'all podcast. It's a podcast where me and Eric, uh, we're librarians mm-hmm. and um, we like stuff and <laughs> we do a podcast. You know, actually, very legitimately, you might be wondering if you've never listened to our podcast before, welcome. Hey, so nice to meet guys, you. You are all gorgeous in your own way. <laughs> or even if you have been listening to us for a little while, you may be asking yourself, the point of this podcast because I was legitimately having a conversation with a listener somewhat recently and they said to me I really like your podcast it's fun I love to listen to you and Eric but I don't know what your podcast is about I'm gonna make it very clear right now our podcast is this like our bullet points this is our our elevator pitch (laughs) our elevator pitch to the listeners the point of our podcast is just to put some peace and positivity out into the world because the world has been uh i think it's safe to say a pretty crazy place (laughs) (laughs) lately especially and all eric and i are trying to do is just give you uh the listeners some moments of of peace and positivity while you listen to our show and our the listener i was speaking to they were like is it about geek stuff because some kind sometimes you guys talk about geek stuff and sometimes you don't it's kind of about geek stuff. And t- sometimes you spend 20 minutes rambling about meditating in a yeah. tennis court at yeah. 5 in the morning. Or, or like sometimes you tell a story about your dog getting a urinary tract infection. <laughs> and I was like, what is that about? The, <laughs> the gateway yeah. to the peace and positivity is us talking about stuff that we love. Because we want to encourage everyone out there listening to talk about stuff that they love and to focus on things they love as opposed to things that they they hate or are annoyed by. And not to say that these scary things in the news aren't important. Yeah, But just they to are. say that there are, there are better ways to approach the situation than just um, letting it affect your day-to-day life, you know, and um, your other relationships. Yeah, and there's there are other things, other cool things in the world. There's not just crappy stuff on the news. <laughs> and that's what me and Eric are here for. We're here to talk about things that we love. We tell uplifting stories mm. from the library and we usually share some life lessons. Life lessons is like the real talk part of the yeah. podcast. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, this episode of Same Team, y'all, is episode number 11. It is brought to you by Capital T's. We are Ooh. drinking vanilla bean uh, black tea. What do you think of this, Misty? Uh, Misty. Miss tea. I'm Miss tea now. I love it. It's delicious. Super tasty. I'm glad you took a few moments to mention that just because you're right. Like sometimes I have talked to people. They're like, I like your podcast, but I don't really know what the deal is. The deal is, what's the deal with that podcast? Is we're just trying to make things a little bit better. The listener I was talking to did describe Was it Jerry us. Seinfeld? <laughs> well, they described us as the Seinfeld of podcasts. Well, your podcast is about nothing. And I was like, no, our podcast is... <laughs> How it's about you. something. Well, <laughs> our podcast is about something very important. So, all of that is to say, Eric, what have you been loving this fortnight? That's a great question. <laughs> this is the stuff that we love. We love. This is the stuff that we love. We love it so much. This is the stuff. 
<laughs> Here, I'll go first. Um, I just recently saw a movie. <laughs> And I think you may have seen it, too, right? I think I did, too. Yeah. I think I know that I saw the same movie as you because I was texting you. Yeah. Are you going to go see War for the Planet of the Apes? And then you texted me back. That's funny you should say I'm that. I'm on my way there now. Because I'm going there right now. And then I said, it's funny you say that because I am also yeah. on my way to the and theater. And we ended up in the same theater, yes, right? Yes, did. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of it? I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Oh, real quick. If you guys aren't familiar with War of the Planet of the Apes, it's the third movie in the most recent Planet of the Apes trilogy. Yes, I'm calling it the modern Planet of the Apes trilogy. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and now War. For the Planet of the Apes. Is it War for the Planet of the Apes? I think it is. Not War of? No, I think it's War for, because if you notice, that wasn't really a war. Uh, real quick, are we going to do spoilers? Uh... I don't think so. Okay, we shouldn't because I I would like everyone to be able to see this movie because it's really good. It is really good. If you're listening to this and you were maybe like me a few months ago and you were like, I'm not gonna watch these apes movies until I until I <laughs> opened your eyes to the glory of the apes. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. You know where they they lost me in the first movie where they cast James Franco as, as a, a scientist. scientist. And I was like, I'm not going to watch these movies. Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. But then Eric encouraged me to give them a try. And then I became mildly obsessed with them. I really like them. I they're think good. Rise is a pretty okay movie. For me, I love it because I love everything apes. But um, <laughs> I think Rise is an okay movie, but you need it to appreciate Dawn. And mm-hmm. Dawn is a much better movie. Yeah. And... Um, I think the trilogy is so interesting because it's this struggle, without giving too much away, between apes and humans. And I feel like, as a viewer, you're kind of torn between the two of them. Who are you supposed to root for? Do you root? And whose fault is is the struggle that is occurring? I don't know. Do you think it's pretty clear who the good guy is? We're we're getting different things from this movie. Because to me, I'm always on Team Caesar. You know? Like, I never once watched one of these movies and be like, man... Caesar and Caesar is the main ape, and I am with you. I'm I'm pretty Caesar. firmly team Caesar. However, I I look at all of the choices that get made along the way, not just by Caesar, but by other apes and other humans in the movie. And I do wonder, like, at what point is it so and so's fault or such and such fault? And at what point could we stop? Maybe fighting and maybe, maybe do something we, different. How about how about this? Just slight spoiler warning, because there is something. How I'll tell you what was a surprise to me is um, in the latest movie, in, the war. In war, where he is, he is, he is being tortured by the memory of Koba. Right? Yeah, he is. Koba is like every Koba is an ape that kind of fractured the ape party. You know, <laughs> about he's trying to keep peace with the humans. Koba wants to make war with the humans, and he fractured everything. And his memory haunts Caesar throughout the movie. And it's amazing. Nice. And there's a point too where he, some bad stuff happens, and Caesar is consumed with anger, and he says, "I'm, I am now Koba." You know, oh, so good, man. So good. I will say about Koba, um, I thought Koba was gonna return at some point. Really? Well, because did like a whole bunch of scaffolding after, fall on him? Do you, but do you remember the after credit scene in the second movie? I'm trying to remember. There's like a there's like a, a moment where you think Koba may have made it. I don't. I'll have to check. I don't remember that at okay. all. Okay. All right. Well, for some she reason, she didn't make that up. For some reason, I felt like Koba could come back at some point. But but spoiler alert. It's more just the haunting of the memory of Koba. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson in this movie. Okay, have you ever seen Apocalypse Now? Yeah. Okay. A long time ago, way back in the day. Wait, would you agree that Woody Harrelson is basically Marlon Brando from well, I Apocalypse th- I think now? that's the idea, that he's kind of lost it. But then, like, he when they... I was really excited, too, because... And this isn't a spoiler, because it involves the first two movies. There's this virus that un- also makes apes smarter but has killed off a large population of humans. What, like 90% at least or something. But this virus has changed in particular ways that I think is really interesting as far like how it pertains to like future apes movies. Exactly. Like future meaning not our future, but like in the future, like when the spaceship comes back with, you know, Charles and Heston, yeah, and all that. And that was like really smart because I mean, 
I really dug that because I've I've been wondering while I watch these modern apes movies how they relate to yeah. the classic apes movies and now you know. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of it's kind of like like kind of like references to the original, but I mean it, it feels like if they wanted to it could lead to that. Like this is like the story. So Yeah. But this know. is the war for the planet of the apes because if you if you noticed, Eric, there's not much war between the uh, the apes and the humans in this not movie. So much. It's really more human on human. Well, Caesar's war. just trying to get out of there. Yeah. Until they make it personal. Oh God. Man, it's such a it was really good movie. I, was, I really liked it. Mm, Although I, wanna, I I'm glad uh, slight yeah just I'm glad we're keeping it slight spoilers because it just probably just left theaters now. So yeah. people hopefully will get a chance to watch it if you haven't seen it already on DVD and Blu-ray. So right now is not the time to go full spoiler, even <laughs> even though I want to. So. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, you and I can talk afterwards about the ending of the movie. Oh, God, I know. All There's right? one person. This isn't a spoiler. There's one person who makes it. That's not a spoiler. That I am very <laughs> happy makes it through. Oh, God. And a new character who's added to it that I absolutely loved and really, like, melted my heart. You was, know it the, was it the little ape <sighs> who thinks he's a bad ape? His, na- his, name's, uh, his name is Bad Ape. That's I, what's so sad. I loved him. I really... I loved him so much. Oh God, he he's so such amazing. a sweetheart. It's, he's such a great little character. Even though he has, like, these weird, like, goofy kind of, like, jokes yeah. in the middle of this very serious movie. He was clearly meant to be the kind of that, humor. That don't always land in the, my... Like comic relief. They don't always land. Like like the whole bit with the binoculars and yeah. they're tiny, and then they're like you know, like that didn't land, but it still worked for me. I think. You know? I think I did see the movie with my husband Brett, who is um, notoriously Which, critical. By of the movies. way, that's very nice of him to take you to yes, play the Apes. Yes, yeah, because I know he wouldn't be into it. No, but um, he he sort of felt like the bad ape was um, a little inappropriate. He was like, I don't know if we really need comic relief in this very intense movie about apes and i was like that's why we need comic relief like it's an intense movie he was like i feel like it's taking away from the intensity of the movie i don't know i think it kind of helped me chill out a lot because the movie's intense it's really and there's a part in the middle where it's intensely dark with no hope you know zero hope and i and when he delivers jokes it's not like he's like (laughs) it's not like he's like it's almost like he's the the humor is coming from him being so awkward and not knowing. And I, I kind of like having a new ape that we didn't know, right? Like, yeah. this is a brand new ape. All the others we knew from previous movies. <laughs> and was, you know you're an apes fan when, when the two apes pulled up on uh, on horses. And I know them from sight. I was like, okay, that's Blue Eyes and that's Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Eyes and Rocket are back. And I was like, okay, it's Caesar's son is back. But, uh, man... Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, so. I liked it a lot. I'm glad and, uh, I opened your eyes to the apes. Yeah, and Brett was also the person who pointed out to me that Woody Harrelson was basically doing a yeah. K- Colonel Kurtz. Like, he even sort of sounds like him. They probably told him to, like, kind of get your you inspiration so? from that. Do you well, I so? mean, I feel like... He does a great job in the movie. You had put on, I think, Facebook or something saying that you felt that War of the Planet of the Apes was like uh, Apocalypse Now meets Ten Commandments. Yes. And I, I feel like they probably <laughs> went into this movie going for that inspiration, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, so good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Anyway. High uh, five for eight. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> man, I loved it. I don't know if they're going to make more. I heard that this one didn't make a ton of money. I don't think it's because, and if, if you're really, if you're a person who looks at goes, oh, that didn't make a lot of money, let me not watch it. Please, in this case, make an exception. Because it's a great movie. They're really good. I think it didn't make a lot just because there's a lot of stuff out right now. And I think Wonder Woman is... that Wonder Woman still in the theaters? Or... Oh, I think it might be. Like, I think that's... Like, I'm so excited for Wonder Woman. But I mean, I think it's just like there are things going on. By the way, the special effects in these movies are They look like real... amazing. another thing I want to mention. So, uh, long-time listeners, uh, you may know this. New-time listeners, let me tell you. My daughter is um, hearing impaired. So, my wife and I are trying to learn sign. It was so cool because these apes, some of them talk. Caesar mostly talks. But a lot of the apes are using signs. So it was so cool to like pick up on signs. I like, know. For real. It was I amazing. I wanted to turn around in the middle of the movie <sighs> <laughs> because we were in a movie theater and I knew that you and Amanda were sitting behind me and Brett. Yeah. And I wanted to turn around and be like, is that real? Yeah. Is that real it, sign? Like- <laughs> it, was all, it was all real. No, they use kind of their own abbreviation. So like there's a part where 
Caesar's telling his son to go protect some people. And it says protect so-and-so is the, the subtitle on the bottom. Mm-hmm. But he really just told him protect. And, like, he can kind of n- infer who he's supposed to protect. So there's a lot of, like, abbreviation, you know, abbreviated so you can infer what's going on. But, I mean, it was a real sign. And, by the way, as someone who's now learning ASL, I now understand that there is not a lot represented in media at all, you know, movies and stuff. Yeah. Not needs to be in every movie, but you don't see it that often. And it was really cool yeah. to see it. These apes, man. It is really cool. <sighs> I'll I'll oh. I'll take a moment just to tell you my fantasy of a Marvel movie. Um, in the in a lot of the continuities of Hawkeye, yeah. that is Clint Barton, who is currently in the Avengers uh, movies. He's the guy with the bow and arrow who doesn't seem to have any superpowers. <laughs> He's just really good at bow. I'm and a arrow. guy shooting uh, robots on a floating island with a bow and arrow. <laughs> In uh, a lot of the continuities, he is deaf. That character mm-hmm. is deaf. And they, uh, Matt Fraction wrote a really amazing run of Hawkeye. And um, there was a particular um, issue that was written, quote unquote, in sign language. Like the, the whole... Uh, the whole issue is like awesome. them making signs to each other and it's really cool and I would really really love a Hawkeye movie where they go back to that continuity and they have like a, a deaf superhero I think it'd be cool and I think the actor who should play him is the oh I'm gonna forget his name he's a really good actor and he was in the first well spoiler alert he's in all three seasons of Fargo and he spoiler alert and he uh he plays Billy Bob Thornton (laughs) no not that guy (laughs) the guy who plays uh Mr I think it's Mr Numbers there's two there's two hitmen in the first season Mr Numbers and Mr Wrench I think Mr Numbers is the deaf hitman and that actor is really excellent he's he's deaf in real life and I think he'd be a really excellent Hawkeye he's also not too bad to look at just saying They, I did hear, so I didn't watch the, um, is it Inhumans? Yeah, I didn't watch the Inhumans trailer. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I do Oh, know, there's a character what, who's mute. What's his name? Black, he, Black, De, Black Bolt, Dead Bolt, something Bolt. He's the one that you probably know him, um, great podcasting, by the way. <laughs> Quick editor's note, the answer Eric is looking for is Black Bolt. He's the one that can't, if he opens his mouth, his voice is so yes. powerful, it like shatters mountains. Yes. So I heard that he, a friend of mine told me, this kind of, well, it didn't bother me, but that he's not going to be signing in it, but like, I guess he lives on the moon. I don't know this character. So he invented his own sign, which makes oh, sense. Okay. Missed opportunity in my opinion, because that would be really cool to have a Marvel character signing in that way. Yeah, that would be As cool. opposed to using his own made up stuff. But I understand if you live on the moon, you probably don't know standard probably ASL. Make up your own, yeah. yeah. Black Bolt. I think it's Black Bolt. I have a question about sign language. Sure. You can edit this out if, if we're getting Spe- You know long. what's so funny is we start the podcast going, no, we're not the Seinfeld cast, and we don't go <laughs> random, but we're going to go random. I will happily answer your question about Real ASL. Question. ASL is American Sign Language. Yeah. If uh, Freya goes to, like, Germany, do they have different sign languages? They do. Oh, first wow. first question we asked our uh, infant toddler representative is, uh, yeah, they there are different versions. No, there's a lot of overlap, and there's even just, like, how there's dialects in, like, from state to state, there's even differences oh. in different regions as That's well. Interesting. So, like, I've looked at our coworker Miss Trina that works at my branch is um, she is fluent in ASL, and there's been a few times she signs things that are different from what I have seen on like my formal classes Amanda and I have been doing. So, I think it's just slight differences. The important thing is you can get your point across. Yeah, you know, like she did. Like she did. Uh, I learned yesterday. Doctor is this. Guys, just pretend that you see <laughs> something. And she told me doctor for her is this. You know, just little differences, wow. but you can figure it out. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, American ASL is called American ASL for a reason. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. Have you been loving anything else this fortnight? Well, I just told you about wars. What are you loving? Oh. I don't want to hog the whole thing unless you want oh. me to. Um. No, I did uh, want to. Pl- oh no, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I'll just ahead, real quick. I was at um, Third Eye, our local comic shop, and I was talking to Big Sexy, our buddy Sean, who works there. And have you seen this before? I haven't. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Disney princesses. And there was a series <laughs> of Disney princess comics. And they're almost done like uh, comic strips, kind of. Oh. And they are amazing because they're almost like, to me anyway, oh, I read them almost like, yeah, they're drawn in this really cute, almost like chibi style. Like these really kind of cute things. And they're 
done like this almost like uh they almost feel like the continuing adventures of these disney princesses like they do these kind of like you know floor panel jokes almost like a peanuts kind of setup and uh they are um amazing so i bought this uh disney it's just called disney princesses comic strips collection so and for a trade it's only 10 bucks which is pretty awesome <laughs> so i bought that but i um just plug in disney princesses guys oh i'll plug a book too um mm. and then we can move on <laughs> sounds good any more questions about ASL? No. <laughs> There's a uh, series of books, um, the Thief series by oh. Megan Whalen Turner. Have you read these? I have not read them, but I'm familiar with them. People have oh, talked to me about they're them. They're so good. And the fifth book, the latest book uh, in the series, came out pretty recently, and I got a chance to read it over the fortnight, and it was excellent. <laughs> and I just want to. Uh, give a plug for these books because they're amazing. And if you're like me and Eric and you read a lot, books start to be less surprising to you. You kind of know what's going on. Because, or, or you know, like, this is the character that's the that type of character. Yeah, yeah. Like, you start to be able to kind of predict what's going on. And it doesn't mean that you don't enjoy books as much as other people. It just means that... You're less surprised when the big twist hits. Yeah. But I have to say, these books are so well written. There's a twist in every single one of them that I didn't see coming. Wow. Like, the first book is like called... Like a Saw movie. Yeah. The, like first, the Saw movies. The first book... Not like the Saw movies. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. The first book is called The Thief. And there's a character who, at the end of the book, you find out is, like, not who you thought he was. Like, you read the whole book thinking he was this t kind of person, and then you found out that he's not. And then in the second book, there's this amazing romance where these characters hate each other at the beginning of the book, and then at the end of the book, they're married, and you just you see their relationship develop. And then in the third book, they introduce you to, like, a whole new character. And at first, you're thinking, ugh, I don't want to read about a new character. I want to read about... The characters from the first two books that I liked but then you find out that this character is related in a way to the other characters and you find out about them through him it's really interesting is this an adult series or YA well it's interesting because I know the first book won a Newbery honor okay which sort of puts it in that J category yeah. that for children but I think we keep the books in the YA section which is our young adult section at the library yeah. but I think they're like easily accessible for an adult because I think all the characters in the book are adult characters yeah, so I don't know I'm not sure how it became put where it is in the library but I think like it's one of those books that really spans all of the different age groups yeah. um Huh. It's so good. And I've then, heard a lot about it, but I've yeah. never read it before. Oh, they're so excellent. Every single one of them is is really good. And I just want to plug that series by Megan Whalen Turner. The Thief is the first book. And then um, um, they're just really good. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> is there anything else you're loving or should we go into... Tales from the library! Tales from the library, tales from the library, read some books, read some books. We also have online resources. I feel bad. I feel like I kind of dominated the... No, that's okay. Yeah, you didn't that's love fine. a lot of that stuff this week? No, no, no. I wrote down War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, was that it? Oh, yeah, okay, that's good. That was weird. I guess that was a both of us kind of thing, so... Miss Tess, what tales you got for... Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Meanwhile, at the library, how many... <laughs> what tales do you have for us, Miss Tess? Oh, I don't really have a tale for you, necessarily. Uh, the most exciting thing that happened to me at the library this fortnight sure. is... Uh, I, we, well, we... At the library, the particular branch that I work at is sort of plagued by this uh this short staffness yeah, like not a lot of people over there yeah we don't have a whole lot of people to begin with and then it seems like every time we got a full crew someone gets sick or some, someone has a baby and decides they're never coming By back way, can we or talk about how many library babies are being born recently <laughs> so many and library I, I, can't, babies. I can't say anything because 
I was one of them. Yeah. You know? I mean, I didn't give birth, but I was the dad of a baby, a library baby. So It's great. I support all the library babies, but it sometimes turns into, I got this baby and now I don't want to work at the library anymore, which is yeah, fine. I um, understand. And our particular branch just seems to suffer this all of the time of like, uh, oh, I got to leave for several weeks to have surgery. Oh, I'm never coming back because I got a new job somewhere else. And so we, we're always sort of short-staffed. And so the way that the library chose to handle this, um, one of the ways that they're trying to work uh, to make us more, um, less, well, I guess less short-staffed and more, uh, uh, <laughs> it's just less stressed out, I guess. Yeah, well, it's hard when there's less people in the building, right? Because yeah. that means you're doing more work or if something goes wrong, right? Yeah, and it's really hard because, you know, things that don't happen at other branches happen at our branch yeah. all the time. And then it's kind of like, well, what are the rules? You know, like, like, uh, it did like, like what people do, you know, that sort of thing. Like normally there's circ librarians and ref librarians and children's librarians, but at our branch, we kind of all do everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was, if we don't, nothing would get done. We have to help each other out. But one of the ways that the library tried to remedy this was they gave us a brand new, or like they gave us a full time staff member, um, which was great. Like it wasn't like someone left and we replaced them. It was like here's a whole nother person to work here 40 hours a week, which is awesome. But then it became where do we stick this person? Because not only is our library short staff, it's also it's very small. Tiny. Like yeah. where do they physically sit? Yeah, exactly. Where are we going to where stick does this their person? Stuff go? This person yeah. needs a desk. And so the way that we chose to handle it is we ended up uh, converting a storage closet. Yep into an office for four people. <laughs> which Sometimes sounds, you gotta do that. Which sounds awful, but it's actually really cool. And I'm one of the people that's going to be sitting in this converted storage closet. I believe closet. it's the newly minted clubhouse. I believe that's is the I new name. That's, yeah. what, that's what I've been trying to call it. It's not really taking off. But... You need to get like a little sign like up above the door that says clubhouse. <laughs> is there space a, above the door? That'll make it official. There is space Yeah, there. you should do that. Like see that sign up there. I got a little sign above my kitchen door saying, with the turtle on it. Yeah. Get, like, one of those it says clubhouse you know Maybe. um uh but and then and then we had to furnish it uh and it, and it turned out that we had enough desks for everyone except for me so i had to order me a desk and my desk finally came during this fortnight and so i finally moved back into our little converted storage area it's still a work in progress because we're still trying to move stuff out and stuff in and um our new staff member uh miss tammy is uh she's an artist and mm -hmm. she 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 said she's gonna like paint on our walls and make it real pretty back there because it is it looks like a storage closet um she's gonna make it's it it's like where you put the solitary confinement kind of <laughs> yeah. situation the bad prisoners <laughs> Yeah, so um, that's just, that's my only tale. It wasn't really like This a, is a real, wow. So a lot of our tales are usually like, uh, there was a cute kid who said something. This is more like we had to move some stuff. And <laughs> this is like a real like logistical tales from the library. Yeah, but it was, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about my new desk yeah. and uh, the new um, the new opportunities. Like I said, it's still a work in progress. So it gets a little frustrating sometimes. Yeah. But um, I know that eventually it's going to be really cool back there. The our uh, patron philosopher Alan Watts would say that change is life, and life is change, and everything's in flux. And you can either go with the flux, just like jazz goes with the change, or you can fight against it and be swept away. So Alan Watts, by the way, Alan Watts just came out with a new book, or is about to. Um, even though he died like in the seventies a while ago, yeah. Um, I don't know the name of the actual book. I just saw this come out on my phone, but great soon. podcast. I know. <laughs> I know, just, just Google Alan Watts' new book. <laughs> the book title Eric's looking for is Out of Your Mind by Alan Watts, originally published in 2001. And yeah, he died in the 70s, 73. Um, but he is, if you're not familiar, he's a philosopher from like the, I guess he got reached his biggest in the 70s, I suppose. And yeah. um, he is talks a lot about how we're all like on, we're all essentially kind of, all on the same team and we're all part of the same universe so um but he would say you're doing a great job with that desk probably <laughs> thanks so, thanks mr watts he would say everything's wiggling everything's wiggling um what's your tale 
Oh, thank you. I was trying to remember what I was going to say next. Um, real quick, um, I guess I got, I got a short one and a semi-long one. Oh, okay. This one's more of a logistical one, too. Just another plug for Lexicon. Our library system is doing a Comic-Con October 7th. That's the first Saturday in October. And we've got a booth there. Mostly because I'm helping set up the <laughs> Comic-Con, too. <laughs> but we do have one. Um, we will have Sophie Campbell, who's a contributing artist for um, Gem and the Holograms, which is a comic series based on the 80s co- uh, cartoon. She's also a contributing artist for the new run of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is really cool. And she'll be doing a Skype interview with us. Um, we'll have Dan Noakes and Carl Yonder, two local comic book artists and writers there. And we will have two podcasting groups, Same Team Y'all, which is us, and Rather Be Playing, which if you haven't listened to them, Rather Be Playing, is a group of I don't know if they're all dads or just older men adult men that would rather be playing <laughs> video games than doing regular adult men grown up stuff and uh, they're pretty good I've been listening to them uh, continuously and they're, they're actually really awesome I like them so there's a lot to, it's one of those shows where like I'm listening to them and I was like and I'm shouting what I want to say to them. Like, <laughs> you forgot to mention Chrono Cross, you know, or some other video game thing. So uh, October 7th, if you happen to be in the Southern Maryland area, uh, Lexington Park Branch Library. And then one tiny one, a uh, little girl came up to my desk yesterday. She had a little stuffed fox on her shoulder. And I said, oh, I like your fox. And she goes, it's a red panda. Oh. And stomped away. So, <laughs> so guys, if you see a little girl with a, it's such a stupid story. Because I was working hard and she like walked into my office and I was like trying to be nice. And she's like, it's a red panda. And she walked off. So I love when kids got in our trouble list. walk into your office. They do it a lot. Yeah. This probably won't happen to me now that I have a new office because the, the converted storage closet is actually really far away from the rest of the library. I hope you're not offended when I say this, but I feel like your new office is the equivalent of the the elephant graveyard in, oh! <laughs> in, in the Lion King with that shadowy area back the there. Yeah, yeah. There are no hyenas in the library, luckily, but uh-huh. um, that's what I feel like. It's kind of like kids know that it's forbidden because it's yeah. back in the forbidden area yeah. whereas my office is essentially like a hallway yeah you know like if you want to go to the bathroom it's easier to walk through my office than it is to walk down the hallway so yeah see i'm in a storage closet you're in the hallway this yeah. is what librarians this do this is what we do yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i uh when they come behind the desks um and uh you they're just like here i am yeah. <laughs> they're little kids they don't know what they're doing and we always like make jokes like Oh, if you come back here, we're going to put you to work. You're going to make you put books away and stuff. Um, I guess there are some libraries that consider this to be a big problem. Yeah. Like kids coming behind the desk. I think it's cute. Um, and that's actually where I got the idea. I started a little program at our library. Oh, that's right. Called the Mini Library Science Program. And this is for kids who want to come behind the desk. Is like instead of seeing it as a problem, I want to like invite them to come behind. If they're curious, I'll invite them to come behind the desk and kind of show them like what it's like to be a librarian. Um, so that was my solution to that was instead of seeing it as like, oh, this kid is back here and they're not supposed to be here and seeing it more as like, oh, look, this child is curious about what we're doing back here. Let's show them what we're doing because we're not doing anything secret back there. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. I, my solution is when kids come behind the desk, I just start handing them books like off the cart <laughs> and kids will take it. So I just keep handing it till they just overpowered with books and then they either drop them or they wander away. And that works for me. I'm like, here you go. Here you go. Here you go I will here you say. I've I've done this uh, mini library science tour now for two two separate children cool. and both of them said at the end I asked them what was the most exciting thing that you learned about the library and they both said you have lots of chocolate behind the desk. <laughs> that's that that's another I... that's another secret about librarians is like the whole library basically just runs on candy. We like a... we're all constantly snacking. Yeah, we have a jar of candy like hidden in one of our file cabinets. Like if it's a bad, if it's a bad day, you can tell how bad it is by like how much candy uh, disappears from the drawer. Like, we we have a new a relatively new manager at our library. Um and uh, one of the best things she did probably uh, was she when she set up her desk. She put like this enormous, like seriously, like huge thing of chocolate bars, uh, little snack size chocolate bars, like in her office. So so that everyone comes into her office, and then when they come in, she says, "Oh, hey, how's it going? Tell me about That's what you're really doing smart. today and everything." But because we're all gonna come in because we want the chocolate, and so when I I take the little mini librarians around, they always are like, <gasps> <laughs> "I 
It's like, really, of everything I showed you today, that was the best this thing. This is the one thing. They're like, yes, the chocolate. <laughs> Kids are so funny. The um, I hope that um, the case of... Uh, Di- uh, diabetes and your life right branch <laughs> doesn't go up now with this giant ball they're like I don't know what's going on diabetes on a skyrocket among you know my what? brains you know what we'll see we'll, we'll see, what see. Um, do you have a life lesson for us today Miss Tess I do did you learn a life lesson this week I did that's great let's talk about it okay <laughs> Farting, farting noises. Farting, farting noises. Okay, what's that life lesson? <laughs> I uh, am going to a training at for work. Every once in a while, they send us to these trainings so that we can learn to be better librarians. And I'm going to this training called, it's called The Orange Frog. And in order to go to the training, we were given a book that we had to read. And the name of the book is The Orange Frog. And it's a book about an island of frogs. Oh, did see that coming. Yes. And um, and on the island, there's four ponds that the frogs could live in. Okay, there's pond number one. And all the frogs who live in pond number one are really hard workers. Okay. They work hard all day, and then they... What type of work do frogs do? Well, lots of, well, they got to build little mud houses. They've got to catch flies. Okay. All, they just got to work all day and be productive. And that's what they do on pond number one. Okay. And then in pond number two, they party all day. They just, they don't care about working. They want like to cool have fun all yeah. the time. But kind of nothing ever gets done there because they're just having fun all, all the, the time. the houses are half built. They don't take anything seriously on pond number two. They just party all day and all night. And then there's pond number three. And pond number three is sort of, um, it's filled with a lot of frogs that just like, they don't work really hard. They also don't play hard. They're just kind of are. They're just like, they're not really committed to anything. Um, they're kind of like, what's the point of working? They're I'm, just binging Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably gonna end up getting eaten by a bird one day. Let's see what the point. And I don't really like to go to parties, so I don't, you know, I'm just gonna like sit here. And they do a lot of like drinking of whatever frogs drink. And it's, you know. And then there's Pond 4. And no one lives in Pond 4 because the herons live in Pond 4. And they eat the frogs. And they eat frogs. So no one eats them. But, this is very Games of Thrones, like, <laughs> dun, 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 okay. There's an overpopulation problem on the island, and some of the frogs, when they be, when they go from tadpole into frog, they get assigned a pond based on their personality, basically, like, where they want to like live. Like, divergent. <laughs> and, um, but there's, like, an overpopulation, so they send a bunch of frogs to pond for. Oof. Okay, and one of these frogs is a frog named Spark. And Spark, um... Uh, finds out that when he does things that make him happy, you're laughing at I me. am, because I don't know where this is going. This is great. You know what? This makes me feel good, because I thought my rambles last <laughs> la- last <laughs> fortnight with my meditation and how long it took me to get to the story of me getting bit by ants was long, but uh, th- this is making me feel great. I like this. This is great, by the way. Hang don't, with yeah. me. No, Hang I am, with I'm me. hanging, girl. I'm hanging with you. So Spark finds out that if he does things that make him happy, it turns him orange. He starts getting a little orange. He's a green frog. Oh, they're all green. They're all green. Ah. But Spark starts turning orange. Um, whenever he does... What uh, things make him happy? Well, like, for instance, when he gets to Pond 4, all of the other frogs are complaining. And he says, you know what? It's actually really pretty on Pond 4. Like, it's a shame that nobody comes here because it's, uh, we have really beautiful vistas here. And then all of a sudden, he's got a little orange spot on him. Bloop. And then all of the other frogs are like, whoa, get away from us. Because you know what? The orange is going to draw the herons. Ah. You'll be able to be seen by the herons because all the rest of us are green and we we blend in with all of the surroundings, but you're going to stick out. And then Spark finds out, like, he can't really help it but stick out, like, because he likes doing things that make him happy like he likes to go swimming does he sing it, it makes him makes him turn orange and he's really good at catching flies and that makes him turn orange because what he does is he catches a lot of flies and then he puts them on a leaf and then he pushes them over to all the other frogs 
And so all the other frogs get to eat flies. The other frogs because in, of Spark. in Pond 4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because wow, what a nice guy Spark he's, is. He's super nice. And he, um, he starts to turn orange because all of these things are making him happy. And um, and all of the frogs, the other frogs at first are like, oh, no, this is bad. It's bad to be orange. But then all of the other frogs kind of start to learn from Spark, and they also start to turn orange because they learn that um, they feel happy when they're helping out their fellow frogs. Sure. Or, like, uh, one of the frogs really likes working, and he probably would have been on Pond 1. But he finds out that if he's, like, working for a purpose... That turns him orange and it also makes him happy. Or the frog who really likes to party, she finds out if she, like, opens a restaurant, she can have parties all the time. So all the frogs in the party pond don't turn orange. Right. Even though they're having fun. They think they're having fun. Ah. But they really like don't drugs. have any, they don't really have any, like, purpose behind yeah. it. Yeah. Like, if you think you're enjoying, like, uh... I don't know. Some kind of illicit substance, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, but it's really making your life worse. Yeah, okay. And like all the frogs they're they're not getting anything anything done. Their lives aren't really improving even though they're having lots of fun. Okay. Um, so anyways, all the frogs turn orange in Pond 4. Yeah, I love this. Okay, I'm with you. I, I'm 100% with you, girl. Don't worry about then it. Then the birds come. The herons. The herons. And they're ready to eat. Except that herons... God, this is terrifying. The herons know that colorful frogs can be poisonous. That's 100% true. So they choose not to eat the orange frogs. So now it's bad to be green. It's actually good to be orange. Yeah. And also, what orange frogs can do now that they know they're not going to be eaten by the herons, they can build... They can build... Um, houses in the trees. And when big storms come to the island and wipe out all the frogs... The storms won't wipe out the orange frogs. They'll be living in the trees. Okay. So the whole point. Here it is. The whole point of this story. Bring it home, sister. It's a parable oh, um, based it. based on this guy, Sean Atcher. He wrote a book called The Happiness Advantage. And he, um, he uh, is like a, a researcher from Harvard. And he discovered that we've got it all wrong in that as a society we feel like if we're successful we'll be happy when really it's the other way around if you're happy then success follows that so you do all these things like in order to be successful because you think they'll make you happy but they don't however if you chose to follow the things that make you happy ultimately you will be successful sure and um and so he has this longer book, like I said, called The Happiness Advantage. And because I really like the Orange Frog book, I started reading this book. And he, one of the things he talks about is when he went to Harvard as a student, he, he loved it so much that he kind of just stayed. <laughs> he, he was a student and then he became a teacher there. And he's just been at Harvard for years. Um, because when he got into Harvard, he saw this as an enormous privilege to go to one of these top schools. Whereas a lot of kids, not just Harvard, but college or school in sure. general, just kind of see it as like a thing that they have to do. They don't see it as a privilege or an opportunity. They just see it as like a thing that they have to do. Um, but because he saw it as like a privilege or an opportunity or a positive thing, he really flourished. And um, he noticed that other kids flourished and he thought, what if instead of studying all of the things that drag us down in life... We study the, the outliers, the people who are flourishing, and we try to be like that. And anyway, this is just all a long thing to say that I went to my, my cousin's birthday yesterday. At Chuck E. Cheese. At Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> At Chuck E. Cheese. My little nephew, not cousin, my nephew. My nephew turned four yesterday, and he had a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. And I have to say, I've been sort of dreading this birthday party. Because of Chuck E. Cheese? Because I'm an adult and I don't have any kids. And I started to think Tess, like... You need to get rid of that thinking, I know. Girl. Well, I started to think like, is this going to be super awkward for me to go to Chuck E. Cheese as an adult without any children? And I know that it's for my nephew and we love my nephew. But like, it just seems weird that I'm going to Chuck E. Cheese without a kid. And But I chose to see it as like a privilege, an opportunity and I ended up having a lot of fun at Chuck E. Cheese yesterday. And I just want to encourage all of our listeners. To go to Chuck E. Cheese. 
<laughs> to be a little more orange. Yeah. And to do things that make you happy and to see things, try to look at things from a more positive. Mm-hmm. I know that it's really easy to get bogged down and look at everything that's negative in the world and just assume that the whole world is negative. Mm-hmm. But if you can be more positive then you'll probably see solutions to problems in your life because you'll like have hope that you can make it better and you will be more successful if you're happier do you enjoy does Chuck E. Cheese still have those robot singer people <laughs> they, they do they do oh my god <laughs> they had one this, anyway this they had one up in Waldorf yeah I went to <laughs> the one in Waldorf they had one little animatronic Chuck E. Cheese and then they have a Chuck E. Cheese who comes out like a costume yeah and he dances with the kids and stuff and I have to say he came (laughs) I guess he makes a special appearance if you're having a birthday like he comes especially oh he doesn't just come out all the time no he does come out he comes out like I want to say like every hour or half hour and he does a dance with all the kids and then he throws tickets at them (gasps) oh my god that's awesome yeah that all the kids who come and dance with him he does this like special dance that he does. Sounds like me at a strip club. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just throws dollars on the nicest chickens. Oh my god, that's amazing. It's really cool. Um, Making it rain. But he also will come out, especially if you're having a birthday, and he came out, and I, my nephew was so excited to see him. It was really cute. I'm so so glad that you had fun at Chuck E. Cheese. I was, when you told me um, that you were going to go to Chuck E. Cheese, I was excited for you, man. I haven't been to Chuck E. Cheese in years, and I remember it being cool, like a cool arcade, you know? Yeah, it is. It actually is uh, really cool. I liked. I had a lot of fun. Like I'm almost like I would go there just to hang out, like <laughs> and get pizza sometimes. We should do. I got no plans for my birthday. I got no plans for my birthday. Should we do a live podcast from Chuck E. Cheese? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't see why not. The uh, <laughs> yeah, record live from from Chuck E. Cheese. I uh, really like that life lesson, Tess. Good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with me. No, no. Well, sometimes it takes a while to kind of explain where you're getting with the life lesson. But I mean, I liked it. It was very, uh, is that basically a story of the book you were going to let me borrow? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. basically. Well, thanks for telling me the story. Now you don't have now to I don't need it. Now I don't need to read it. But no, that was really good. So Yeah, cool. I find, um, I've, I've really related to the little orange frog because I think I like, I try to be very positive. I mean, you and I have a whole podcast where we're just trying sure. to put positivity out yeah. there. Um, I try to be very positive and it's hard because, um, the, the guy who wrote the books, he talks about social scripts. Yeah. Like, we all follow social scripts, which, I mean, some of the social, and this is just, like, ways that people believe you're supposed to live your life. Yeah. And there's some that are good. Like, uh, you're not supposed to go to a cafeteria and eat off of other people's plates. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's usually a social pretty good, yeah. That you probably don't want to break. Or there's, like, you know, you don't want to go onto an elevator and just, like, deeply stare into everybody's eyes. Like, no, when you go on the elevator, you try to pretend like nobody else is there. Like, that's the social script of riding an elevator. But there's also social scripts, like, where you work. And they can be very dysfunctional. Like, there might be a social script at the place that you work that um, you have to complain about everything. Or you don't fit in. Or you have to, um, that there's, like, a, a, like, a a big gap between like a manager and frontline staff yeah. and you have to respect the gap or because not- you have to pretend that we're not all just people yeah <laughs> you're not allowed to ask questions that might be a social script yeah. at, at your at your place of work and what this guy is trying to say with the orange frog is go ahead and break the social script because it might be good if you know if you have like a good idea just go ahead and do it like like you, Mr. Eric How, when you have ideas, you just kind of do oh, them. sure. You do. You break the social scripts all the time. And so, like, so like, unfortunately, being positive in a lot of places in the world is, like, against the social sure, script. The social yeah. script is to just try to fit in with everyone. And if you're, like, a positive, happy person, that's breaking the social script. But it's... It's good for you and for everyone else in the long run if you just go ahead and be orange. Sure. Yeah, well, here's a social script I think a lot of people do without realizing it. Is, uh, have you seen this in the news? Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, of course. I know, right? You know? Right? That's, yeah. And that doesn't really solve anything. No. It doesn't help anything. It does help a little bit to be like, yeah, I saw that, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, those social scripts. I think another one, a slightly small one, uh, grown man dancing on a bus while listening to music. Don't do that. But I would argue that's okay to do it. That's perfectly fine. It's not harming anyone. Right. So, just a heads up. <laughs> 
speaking of dancing, yeah. should we have a positivity party? We right should. Now? Um, let's do it. Welcome to this party, guys. Tess, I am absolutely loving this Capital T's. Did you know that Capital T's now has a subscription service? <laughs> no, I didn't. They do. They do for the low, low, semi-low price of $20 a month. Did they sign up for you it? You can get Capital T's sent to your home, sample sizes, and a free, or I guess not a free, but a tea accessory, whatever that may be. I have not, but I'm going to ask my mom for it to be my uh, birthday, Father's Day, and Christmas present for this year. So, <laughs> Cheers yay. to that. Cheers to that. That's excellent news about Capital C's. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Eric. Yeah. I think you're doing a great job. Yeah. I, I love how you break your social scripts at work and, and, and follow your dreams yeah. and do stuff. And you do a really great job producing our podcast. Hey, thanks so much. Tess, I think you do a phenomenal job writing all the notes for our other podcast called Same Peaks Y'all, the podcast where we talk about Twin Peaks. Yeah, which you can also subscribe to yeah, if you want to. If you want to, because I don't write notes and I need notes because there's a lot of stuff going on in that show, so I very much appreciate it. If you happen to really like me and me and Mr. Eric, you can now listen to us every week because we do this podcast every fortnight and then we also do our Twin Peaks podcast every fortnight. Yeah. So there's now... Eric and Tess every week, if you want it. Yeah, and if anyone's listening and thinks this is basically like the Seinfeld cast, go ahead and tweet that at him. We would love to have him on the show. But if anyone does ask, uh, bullet points what this podcast is about, positivity, libraries, and life lessons. There tweet, it is, guys. Tweet at us at same team, y'all. Send us email, same team, y'all, at gmail.com. Say something nice about yourself. I agree with yes! those things. Those You're sound amazing. really good. You know, you also forgot that you are a kind-hearted person as well. Yeah, so. and you look really awesome. Today. I know. If I could, I would give you a hug right now. By the way, if you want to give us hugs in real life, I'm sorry, Tess, for doing this. You can visit at Lexicon <laughs> October 7th at the Lexicon Park Branch Library in Southern Maryland. Um, don't j just ask for a hug first. Don't just random hug. Although you can random hug. I'll say you can random hug me. Don't random hug Tess unless that's okay. <laughs> um, consensual. Hugs, Consensual <laughs> hugs are, are appropriate. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>